This is The Guardian. I'm Laura Murphy-Oates, and this is The Full Story. In North America, the powerful drug fentanyl is fueling an opioid crisis that causes tens of thousands of overdose deaths each year. Experts are warning that fentanyl could rapidly emerge as a problem in Australia. And there's already some early warning signs. Overdose deaths from fentanyl and other synthetic opioids are on the rise. And the largest seizure of fentanyl in Australian history was recorded earlier this year. Today, Australia's growing problem with fentanyl. It's Wednesday, the 7th of September. So Mel, what is fentanyl and how dangerous is it? Fentanyl is a really fast-acting opioid and it's highly addictive. Melissa Davey is Guardian Australia's medical editor. Fentanyl is between 50 and 100 times more concentrated than other opioids like morphine. So an accidental overdose is a really significant risk. So for example, a single dose of two milligrams can kill a person. And The drug is primarily used for medical purposes in in Australia, but it's increasingly popular in the illicit drug market overseas. So in places like the US or Canada, they've really been in the grips of an opioid crisis that's being driven by fentanyl. Mm. Recently, there's kind of been two alarm bells regarding fentanyl in Australia. There was a large drug bust and also a kind of significant report. Let's start with the bust. What happened there, Mel? Good morning, everyone. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Anthony Hall, the Acting Commander of Investigations for the Australian Federal Police Southern Command. The Australian Federal Police announced that they had seized the largest ever shipment of fentanyl ever. So this was earlier in August. And in the past, fentanyl importation seized were all less than 30 grams, quite small quantities. But by comparison, this recent bust was 11 kilograms. So the police couldn't provide an estimate on the street value of the drug because there's kind of been no precedent, but it really triggered alarm bells because the quantity seized was just so much. This operation has stopped more than 5 million, 5 million potential, potentially lethal doses of this drug hitting our streets. More than 11 kilograms of pure powdered fentanyl and 30 kilograms of methamphetamine were found hidden inside an industrial wooden lathe shipped from Canada to the port of Melbourne. The press conference that they held recently was to ask people for any information about the shipment to come forward. Nobody has been charged so far in relation to the drugs, but it's clearly an issue now firmly on their radar. Right, so that's the bust. What about this report, Mel? What is this? This is the latest annual overdose report from the Pennington Institute, which is a drug research institute, and it was published last Wednesday. And it contained some really stark warnings about fentanyl. One of the quotes in the report said, Australian overdose deaths involving fentanyl, along with two other synthetic opioids, pethidine and tramadol, have increased by 1,275% since 2006. Mm. So to break that down a little bit, the report states that in Australia in 2020, there were 165 unintentional drug deaths involving fentanyl and those other two synthetic opioids. They clustered them together because there's a small amount of each. And then that's up from 12 deaths involving those three drugs 
reported in Australia in 2006. So we've jumped from 12 to 165. And what did this report have to say about this jump in overdose deaths? So the report warns that without action now, we are pretty much guaranteed to see this US level of overdose deaths. It's not just something that's likely, but inevitable. That's a pretty big claim, Mel. I mean, what did you think when you saw this report? So that jump is significant, but obviously it's nowhere near the level of deaths we're seeing in the US. So it would certainly not be right to claim that we're anywhere near where other countries are at in terms of the opioid crisis, but I think the concern is warranted. So I decided to look into it by talking to crime agencies and drug experts. As you mentioned, deaths in the US are very, very high. I'm wondering if you can paint a picture of just how bad the fentanyl crisis is in North America, to put this claim kind of into context, Mel. The opioid crisis in North America is a devastating, highly lethal epidemic. It's been named as a significant public health problem and it causes tens of thousands of deaths every year to the point where overdose deaths have reduced the country's average overall life expectancy. Mm. So in the US in 2020, there were 56,500 overdose deaths involving synthetic opioids and that was primarily driven by fentanyl. But in the 12 months to April 2021, 100,000 people died of overdoses in the US, with fentanyl causing nearly two-thirds of those deaths. Mm, Those numbers are almost unbelievably high. I mean, how did this all begin, Mel? Yeah, so it's been building for decades. It kind of started in the 1980s when US doctors began increasingly prescribing opioids for severe and short-term pain, so, for example, pain after major surgery. And then what happened was by the 90s, pharmaceutical companies began aggressively marketing these drugs for a much wider range of conditions, much wider causes of pain, for which there was less of an evidence based. And, you know, they used some pretty questionable research to promote opioids for wider uses. Mm. And as we now know, and even somewhat back then we we began to learn pretty quickly, this long-term use of opioids in particular is associated with addiction and dependence. And the drugs aren't even that effective necessarily for these other types of pain. Right. So begin marketing this for a whole range of things, really. What kind of tactics did they use? Well, pharmaceutical companies would actually offer financial incentives to doctors to prescribe certain drugs. So they would wine and dine doctors, flying them all over the world to these fancy conferences where they'd talk about the benefits of these drugs and encourage doctors to prescribe them. In the US, they're allowed to advertise pharmaceutical products directly to consumers. You can turn on the TV and see ads for all kinds of medications that are prescription only. And these pharmaceutical companies dedicated masses of money to building their sales teams and building their marketing teams for opioids. So there was a whole section of the pharmaceutical company just dedicated to getting this drug out there. And then similar issues were also occurring in Canada. I mean, there were more than 20 million prescriptions for opioids in Canada in 2016, making it the second largest consumer of prescription opioids in the world. And so the legal prescription of this drug alone in North America 
is just staggering. And then you add on top of that the illegal market, it's a really wide scale problem. So fentanyl is sometimes combined with other drugs like heroin. So that's resulted in an increase in overdoses. It's also been mixed with um, cocaine and methamphetamine and sometimes people don't even know that their drugs are mixed with fentanyl. Um, and as we talked about before, it's very, very potent. So you don't need much for it to have a really devastating effect. Right, so you might think you're taking a drug that you have tried before that you feel is safe, even though it is from the illegal market, but it could be laced with this much more potent and deadly drug. Is that what's happening, Mel? Yeah, that's right. So I spoke with the chief executive of the Pennington Institute who um, published the report we were speaking about, and the chief executive, John Ryan, told me that that's exactly what's happening in the US and, and people are using drugs like cocaine on the weekend and becoming really unwell and then finding out it had fentanyl in it. What are the signs that someone's taken a drug that's laced with fentanyl? They're experiencing these really drastic symptoms like changes in their pupil size and slowed breathing and decreased heart rate. Sometimes they're slipping into unconsciousness or a coma. There's drowsiness and really low blood pressure. And all of these are classic signs of a fentanyl overdose. Mm. So how does this culture of prescriptions for fentanyl that we see in North America compare to Australia? How much are we prescribing it here? Yeah, so Australia does and always has had a different culture when it comes to prescribing these drugs. We do have advertising laws, which makes it illegal for drug companies to market prescription drugs directly to consumers, you know, through TV ads or billboards and that kind of thing. And we have tighter rules around the way pharmaceutical companies can directly promote drugs to doctors and pharmacists. The rules aren't perfect and, you know, influence does occur, but it's not as pronounced. But we're definitely not immune from problematic opioid use in Australia. Prescriptions have increased here, but doctors generally do prescribe the drugs at lower doses and in smaller quantities than in the US. And the other factor is that in Australia, less potent opioids are prescribed um, over fentanyl. So the growing awareness that um, opioids are not necessarily useful or effective for all kinds of pain, awareness that prescriptions can be abused and awareness of what's happening overseas has also led to these stricter prescribing guidelines and monitoring of prescriptions in Australia that have come into effect over several years. For example, you might notice if you go and um, even get a prescription for Nurofen Plus, which has codeine in it, you have to show your driver's licence and that is recorded. Um, also this year, they've released new clinical prescribing guidelines for more powerful opioids. So there is more control around the prescription of these drugs in Australia. Right, so we do have some tighter controls on prescription of this drug. But what about the illegal market in Australia? We, we know that that large shipment was caught by authorities earlier this year, but are there any other ways to measure the size of the illegal market? Yeah, so obviously law enforcement agencies don't detect every illicit drug that comes through. They miss some shipments, but if there had been huge shipments of fentanyl in the past, that would have been reflected in emergency department data, coronial data, toxicology reports. Mm. We can do drug surveys and ask people about their use. We can look at prescriptions and prescription data. And then we can also do wastewater testing where you look at sewage water, so the water that comes from toilets, sinks, showers, and you analyse it for traces of fentanyl. So what are we seeing on all of these measures? 
So the Australian Criminal Intelligence Commission Wastewater Report, which was published earlier this year, it comes out every year, it found consumption of oxycodone, which is um, an opioid, and fentanyl remained low and relatively stable. And AKIC's principal drugs advisor, Shane Nielsen, told me that we have no evidence that large quantities of the drug are being imported or diverted domestically. Otherwise, it would be reflected in wastewater analysis. We would have seen that data level spike and you would have seen it in the health data and hospital presentations as well. There's a caveat to this and that's the US data and social science research organisation Mathematica said that wastewater testing may be of limited use for detecting synthetic fentanyl because the drug's high potency means that you only need to take small amounts and so the levels excreted and then detected in wastewater, well actually they might not even be detectable you might not be picking it up in your wastewater analysis. So if it isn't believed that there's big shipments of fentanyl coming in from overseas in Australia all the time, what is fueling our illegal market, however small it is? How are people getting it? Yeah, so a couple of things are happening. People are either taking their prescriptions in a way that's not authorised by their doctors, so they're taking too much, or they are doctor shopping and trying to get prescribed these drugs, whether for their pain or for other reasons. And then you might also have a situation where drug users are taking advantage of vulnerable family members who had been legitimately prescribed these drugs, especially elderly people, and stealing their medication, basically. So it's mm. really prescribed drugs being used in problematic ways that is driving our problem in Australia at the moment. Samel. So Overall, it sounds like we don't have an enormous problem when it comes to either the illegal or illegal market, according to the experts that you spoke to. Does that mean that the claim that we're on the path to becoming the US in terms of fentanyl is fairly overblown? I think there's an important warning to be heard here and that we're on a very slow and gradual path similar to what we saw overseas. So the rise in deaths here has been steep. Obviously nowhere near the levels in the US, but it's not something to just be ignored. And there's also a concern that we're not recording all the deaths that are happening in the community. And that's because we're not really testing for fentanyl when we do toxicology reports. You need to request specific tests. We're also just seeing prescriptions rise as we try to deal with chronic pain in our aging population. And so those factors, deaths and prescriptions, are something we really need to keep an eye on. Right, so this isn't necessarily a warning of a crisis that is here right now, but rather one that's on the horizon and could escalate pretty quickly. Is that fair to say, Mel? Yes, that's what the experts seem to be saying. Nelly, everyone I spoke to said that predicting when an overdose crisis is about to take off can be really tricky, including the Australian Federal Police, who said that predicting future drug trends is really not an exact science. Professor Susan Nielsen, the Deputy Director of the Monash Addiction Research Centre, at Monash University told my colleague Nino Bucci that in North America, she went from seeing early signs of fentanyl to it being the dominant opioid in the market in the space of just a few months. So it can take off very, very quickly. So John Ryan, who was one of the authors of the Pennington Institute report, says his warning on fentanyl shouldn't be dismissed just because rates of the drug in Australia are currently low. He said that he was accused of being really alarmist when he called for a similar action on methamphetamine a decade ago. And now methamphetamine is the most consumed illicit drug in Australia. Next, how to predict and prevent a fentanyl crisis in Australia.
So it sounds like it's worthwhile to be prepared, to be on the lookout for any warning signs. How can we do that, prevent a future fentanyl crisis in Australia? So what Ryan and other drug experts are saying is you can't just address this crisis by using prohibition, seizing drugs at borders and tightening prescribing because some illicit drugs will always slip through undetected and even with careful prescribing, people will become dependent and get addicted, especially in the context of an ageing, chronically ill population. Mm. So Ryan says that most overdose deaths can be prevented by making the overdose-reversing drug naloxone more widely accessible. So naloxone can be administered in a number of ways, nasally, via injections, and there's been growing awareness that naloxone needs to be made available outside of emergency departments. Mm. But the problem is in Australia, access to naloxone has really focused on really high-risk groups. So from July, the government made naloxone available for free with no prescription to anyone likely to experience or witness an opioid overdose or an adverse reaction to opioids. So This is a national program. It's available for people who are at risk of an opioid overdose, their carers, friends and family members. But there is that focus on illicit drug users and there's a growing push to make access to this drug available for people with just chronic pain who might have been prescribed opioids. They might not um, have a problem yet. They might not even realise the risks that the drugs carry. So there's also a call for better education for people being prescribed the drugs as well. We could also make it much easier for the illicit drug users to test their drugs, whether that's cocaine or methamphetamine, for fentanyl. And then finally, safe drug injecting and use sites. These always remain controversial, drug injecting rooms, despite the overwhelming evidence that they save lives. And these sites do have access to um, drugs like naloxone to reverse overdoses. Mm. These sites are also incredibly rare, right, Mel? I know there's one in Sydney, there's one or two in Melbourne. They're not sites that are readily available around Australia in any way, shape or form. Every time there's a proposal to set up a new safe drug use site, there is a lot of protesting, a lot of concern, and it takes a lot to get one of these sites established in the community. That's right. Judging on what you've just outlined, you know, our limited availability of naloxone, testing strips, drug testing sites, is Australia currently prepared for an uptick in fentanyl deaths and and overdoses? Definitely not prepared. We need a few different approaches that we're just not very good at in Australia at the moment. We need better management of pain for a start and new and improved treatments, Um, better access to primary care so people don't get really, really ill and chronically unwell and in a lot of pain and then perhaps require surgery or these drugs to prevent their pain. We need to make sure that people who use illicit drugs can test their drugs and they know exactly what they're taking. And we also need to make sure that people are educated whether they're being prescribed drugs legitimately or whether they're taking illicit drugs that fentanyl carries real high risk of overdose and what the symptoms are to look for. That was Melissa Davey, medical editor at Guardian Australia. You can read her piece titled US-level mortality, sounding the alarm about fentanyl overdose in Australia at theguardian.com. And we link to that on the full story page as well. This episode was produced by Karishma Luthria with sound design and mixing by Daniel Simo. The executive producers of Full Story are Miles Martignoni, Gabrielle Jackson, Molly Glassie and me, Laura Murphy-Oates. Okay, catch you tomorrow. 